Boom! Welcome back to the JMS Podcast. We have another great episode today. Today we have our first returning uh, guest, Rob Roy. Rob Roy is a good comedian friend of mine. Uh, I've not seen him in a long time, and the other day I ran into him. It's nice to, to run into old friends. But uh, he came by um, a couple months ago, and we had this chat, which I'm finally putting out. I want to apologize. Uh, we didn't. I didn't have any episodes last weekend. Got kind of crazy. Um, if you haven't known by now, I am a full-time student at San Jose State University. It was during finals. I had this huge final. Had had a three-day film shoot, so I couldn't really find time to uh, bring you guys another podcast episode. So my apologies. But today it's a great episode. You know why? Because you could win tickets. That's right. I got two pairs of tickets for the Mighty Schmucks Comedy Tour show here at the San Jose Improv on December 16th at 8 p.m. And the two headlining, well, the main headliner is Sean Weiss. If you don't know Sean Weiss, Sean Weiss is from the Mighty Ducks. He played Goldberg. And Garrett Gonzalez. Both of those guys, real cool guys. I had them on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And, man, they're pretty funny guys, and they're really cool to hang out with. I, I, I think last year I went to one of their improv shows. And I had a good time. So, I highly recommend for you to go. I got two pairs of tickets. And how you can win, it's really easy. It's so, it's so simple and easy. All right. All you got to do is be the first two people to email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com with a code word of improv. That's it. Just send me an email, jmspodcast at gmail.com with the code word improv. And boom, I'll send you your tickets. Only two winners because they're a pair. So you could bring a date or whoever, your wife or maybe not your kids, but whatever. So there you go. Email jmspodcast at gmail.com and get your free tickets. It's for the Mighty Schmucks Comedy Tour on December 16th, which is this week. At the San Jose Improv. Show starts at 8 p.m. Kaboom! Uh, so, this show is brought to you by that, pretty much. Um, in other news, my Indiegogo campaign is only days away from finally finishing. I have gotten great support. I've gotten a good amount of people donating. But, I have yet to reach my goal. So, please check out my Indiegogo campaign. It's the web series Looking for St. Jorge. And it's pretty much a web series about a stand-up comedian trying to find a bit of love here in San Jose. And I've already written out a season, and I just need some money to, to pay for some equipment. And that's pretty much it. Anything helps, of course, or just help share it. A big shout-out to those who have already donated, especially a good friend of mine. Pauline Guest, Pauline Guest, she donated $1,000, so yeah, when she comes back to town, I'm going to set her up really good here, Marty Murillo, we had some other great people, Kusha, so many other friends out there, thank you so much for supporting this, really appreciate it, and uh, I still have quite a bit to go, so please check it out, Indiegogo, looking for St. Jorge campaign. Bada beam, bada boom. Check it, check it. 
Uh, in other news, uh, two weeks has passed, and uh, in those two weeks, um, heartbroken once again. What do you know? Uh, but this time, it's not as bad as before. Before was really ugly. This time, you know, it's pretty clean. She pretty much was like, hey, I'm not into you. And it's like, what can I do? And you're like, you know, or hey, don't let that stop you. You should prove to her that you really want her. And it's like, well, I've already written like two songs for her. And I've already written a poem and, and all that jazz. So if none of that works, I, I don't think she really is into me, like, at all. So, uh, but she, th- what sucks about this is that we have so many similar interests. I feel and it's like you know how they say you should go after people who are who do have similar interests as you and I'm learning maybe not because after you're heartbroken it's like anything you do really reminds you of them she had a really great taste in films really great taste in music so every time I'm listening to like anything jazz related or a Woody Allen film or anything good. I was like, oh my god, she probably would like this. I'm like, why am I even thinking about her? Jesus Christ, why? Because we have similar interests. And I know that her interests are similar to this. So it's like, if we had like not that much stuff interested, like we didn't have that many similar interests in, in the end. And let's say she's like, I'm not into you and like whatever. It's like, oh, okay, well, I think I would have an easier time getting over it. But yeah, um, I'm still reeling. I'm doing better though. I'm getting by. Um... Just another day. Uh, but it just, you know, it really sucks, you know, when like a real, real cool person is, is just not into you and you're like really head over heels. But it happens, part of life. Gotta get over it eventually, I guess. But it's like, like I said, it really sucks that we had similar interests. Anyway. Anyway, that's about that. Thank you for following this podcast. You can follow on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Or you can follow on Facebook, JMS Podcast Facebook page. Follow Instagram, JMS Podcast. Or you can follow on Twitter, JMS Podcast. It's all there. All right, let's go see what Rob Roy has to talk about. Those mics, they're meant for, like, singing. Pretty much they're meant for you to be up close. That's true. While these studio mics are, like, recording music. Oh, right? okay. So I, I decided to invest in these after I was like, you know, I want musicians on this podcast. And yeah. the best way to capture their music is using using actual studio mics. So this is some good quality stuff. Um, yeah, dude. And, yeah. Can you talk from both sides mm. or just this side? Just one. That's cool. Just one. These are classy. Yeah. You've upgraded. Rob Roy, God. my my comedy guru. Again. What do you mean? Oh yeah, you're you're the first This is uh I'm the first repeat guest, you're, right? You're, you're the first repeat. Am I clipping? I feel like if I'm too close I'm A clipping. bit, but I, I, I would just Okay. Just you you're so used to being so close to a mic yeah. that you just ramming your 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 I, mouth right up I into am it. Totally giving it super head, yeah. Get in there. No, right next to Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. You put Gustavo's book right next to Twilight. I'm sure he would be. I, I, I enjoyed that read. It was a good read. Is it just his story of growing up? Yeah. In OC? Him and his family. Him oh. and his Mexican family in Orange County. Yeah. Apparently, Orange County is homogenous with white people. I didn't know that. At the time when he grew up, yeah. yeah. But now. Nah. The Mexicans took over? Certain cities. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's one city. Check this out. Yeah. That in the school system, mm-hmm. it's 90% Mexican. So? Well, Wait. I'm just saying. It's not. It's homogenous Mexican now. It's like I think Mexican most of Salinas is, is, is yeah, probably. 90% Mexican. Yeah, but this is a city that's uh, 400,000 people. It's a big city. It's like El Paso. It's like El Paso Part 2. You've been to El Paso? Yeah. Dude, it's a trip. Because like... No, I've not been to El Paso. The white people are Mexican. There's no... Everyone is Mexican. But they're not like Mexican. You make it sound like it's a problem. No, it's really cool. (laughs) You make it sound like... Yeah, they're all Mexicans and... (sighs) They're actually... They're not Mexican. They're like Mexican-American. Meaning most of them have lived there since the border was made mm-hmm. it's it's crazy it's just a trip it's What's a the last trip time you've to been in people. texas yeah it's been like a year and a half or something i stop in el paso and that's as far as i go because <laughs> past el paso it's eight hours to san antonio yeah so it's funny because um seeing it's talking about mics you know i'm doing music as well now right and i'm trying to sing and i i'm not used to singing with the mic i feel mm. awkward Comedy, yes, but when you're playing music with the mic, it's a different feel. It's true, especially when you're trying to hear yourself through the through the stereo and shit, the speakers. But uh, David Fournier, the the musician from Tom with the Side, he has this habit of actually singing with his mouth like a couple inches away from the mic, but like real like like to the side to the side of the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because with these mic it would be so much a problem, but with the with the mics for for like live performances, you need to be right up there directly, or else you don't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you'll play a song and you oh, won't even hear the lyrics. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good habit. Yeah, you really have to know when to pull it away. Also, when you hit a really yeah, loud part, you too. have to do this. Yes, it's a skill. Yeah. You've seen the girls, ah, you know, and then they pull the mic way over here. Yeah. So they'll break the fucking um, sound system. Yeah, exactly. The glass, <laughs> everything. Oh god. Uh, sorry, man. I'm still reading it from my from that. So that was a heavy. Uh, you you just had a heavy session. I did, and and I hope people like it. I hope there's just some insight there. I just wish I could do more for the guy. Yeah. Um. Well, you did something. You accepted his story without you know convincing him. It here's wasn't the thing, real. man. I don't do. I don't think I do very well when it comes to like being a good supportive person. Like I'm not saying like I'll be an asshole. I won't be an asshole, but I feel I'm very insecure about how you approach things. Mm-hmm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like like we'll, we'll be having a, a heavy conversation, and I'll be like, you "Want some food or something?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't do it to like to to in any way to make it like like give you a hint not to talk about it's more right. like you're trying to help I, I don't know it's like I guess I just listen but, yeah. but but honestly I just wish I could do more for people I hear you do you ever get that feeling I do but I've learned slowly over time that listening is actually something people want so right. now I just do more people just tell me stuff 
and I don't know why. Like, yeah. just people at the gym, they get my ear and they talk for half an hour what, about whatever. What do you usually talk about in the gym? Well, the last lady that caught me, she's Korean. She's she's so cute. She's super overweight, and she tried to talk about how she's too fat. She doesn't like. So I'm supposed to have sexy body, but I don't have a sexy body. <laughs> it was just she was going off about where she came from, how long she's been in this country, when she bought her house. It's, and then before that, some kind of younger Indian guy who was there for a day, who was going to school in UC Davis, was telling me about how just his life. Right. Yeah. Did you even ask for it? No. no. <laughs> I'm laying in the spa. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, that's an invitation I was asking for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he just tells me everything. And it's interesting, but I don't know what people do. I don't know what it is. Apparently, I listen. I'm willing to sit there. If they're halfway entertaining, you know, I'll stay engaged. Uh-huh. As soon as they repeat themselves, then I'm like, you know, I got to go. <laughs> you know, don't tell me the same thing over and over. Uh-huh. So I don't know what it is, dude. But apparently, it's helpful because I've heard people say explicitly afterwards, Thanks for listening. I'm like, oh. Because I always think people tell me problems oh, for me to fix them. Is that what I was doing? Yeah. Well, well that's the thing. And I think, um, I, I, I'm not sure if I, if I heard this in a classroom or in an article. I'm not sure where I read this. But the major difference between uh, males and females is the way we react to, 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 talk, to talking, meaning... Um, Maybe it's a cultural thing where men, when they're being told something, they're expected to do something about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that it's, true. it's not so much about, hey, listen to my feelings. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the problems with men is maybe they get the stereotype that they don't want to hear people's feelings. Like they get annoyed. Yeah. And I think it derives from a place of like, because they know they can't do shit about it. Yeah. And when you feel they can't do shit about it, they feel vulnerable. Totally. I know I felt like that in a previous relationship uh, where she'll tell me her problems and I would try to give her advice and she'll get pissed at me. It's like, I don't need you to tell me advice. You know, there's nothing you can't do. I just want you to listen. Yeah. And the thing is, when I did that at the time, I was younger and stupid. I just, it's like, I felt like shit. Like she made me feel like shit. Not because, you know, anything about me, but like in a uh, di- diagonal way. Like yeah. she, she didn't straightforward made me feel like shit. It's more like, uh, it was a byproduct of her problems and me not be, being able to fix them. Yeah. Therefore, I felt like shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's go for most men in our culture, where it's like you're given a problem, solve it. Right. Instead of here's a problem, just listen. Yeah. There's no need to. Um, nothing to do. Nothing to do. Just just, just sit there and accept it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and maybe it's personally me. Maybe I take responsibility for that person's problem, mm. even if I don't even know the person. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I have like this this need to help them somehow, and in the end, it just comes out awkward. I hear you. It's a man thing. I think the worst thing I ever did in my life. The worst, and I think about this, and I just hate myself. I used to work. For a sandwich shop And I used to have a regular customer Cool guy uh, In his 60s 50s, 60s Point is he had a son Who ha- who had a family And His his son and his wife uh, Just you know They're They're having twins And one of the twins died at birth 
All I had to do was listen to him. But I felt like I needed to do something. <laughs> so I gave him half off on his sandwich. <laughs> and he got so offended. Rightfully so. He stormed off. Wow. And to this day, I regret it. It's like, how fucking dumb am I to offer him a half sandwich because his son, uh, child died? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I fucking fucked that up. Pity discount. Huh? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, but, but in no, no way was I pitting him. I was sympathizing. And I yeah. just, I don't know what to do. I had to do something. And when in reality, all I had to do was be like, hey, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My condolences. And I couldn't even do that. I hear you. Just like on my past relationship, I couldn't just be like, sorry for what you're going through, through yeah. it, and I'm here for you. Yeah. I will just say in your defense and in defense of people who do try to solve problems, I, I don't remember my parents appreciating me just empathizing with them. Usually when they told me their feelings, it meant I needed to do something. You know what I mean? I'm disappointed at you. doesn't mean I go... Oh, that sucks, mom. That sounds horrible. It's it's no. <laughs> well, you diff- better get good grades. You yeah. know, you better change. But I think that's different because they're directly talking about something about you, though. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Do you mm-hmm. see the difference? Mm-hmm. Is that if my mom was talking about her hard day at work, you're like, okay, with that. But if my mom's like, oh, Jorge, you got to clean up your shit, which she does often, and I'm like, oh, I emphasize with <laughs> your disappointment with me if not cleaning my shit. I think it's uh. different. But I think it conditions us to to know that when someone expresses their feelings, you're you need to do something. I don't have much practice of someone expressing feelings, and I don't have to do anything. It's only now that I'm getting that practice. So I'm just saying, for me, I was conditioned just kind of accidentally, not on purpose. It was just when someone told me their feelings, it meant I needed girlfriend's mad. Oh, don't do that anymore. Mom's disappointed. <laughs> oh, do something different. Dad's upset. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. So change things. You're right that it it happens to be that I was kind of like the trigger for it. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't. I don't know that I would have made that distinction. It was basically hear feelings, solve problem. Yeah. Yeah. And now I need to get out of that and just be like, oh, that sucks. And that's it. Just kind of like empathize. Not not. There's a difference apparently between empathize and sympathize. I don't know what it is, but apparently they want empathy. So just be like, oh, okay, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's horrible. That sounds that sounds like it would be very painful. You know what I mean? Just like tell them what mm-hmm. they're experiencing is normal. Right. Like I, you and I are similar. Uh-huh. And apparently people do that. They go around asking for that, maybe unconsciously. And we can't, yeah, we're not supposed to solve it. You're right. <laughs> well, how can we? Here's know? a pill. <laughs> you want a beer? And so, Yeah. No, that's true. We can't. No, we can't. I do feel like I've had some experiences in the past where I did empathize with people and they got mad that I didn't try to fix it. How so? Well, they would tell me they're sad and I just, oh, that sucks. And then it would escalate to anger. And I was, and there was just kind of indications of I need to change something. It It is true that it was my behavior that triggered that, but I don't know that. I have to just because I upset someone means I have to change my behavior. But anyways, there's I'm not really falling. So give me an example. So what happened? So okay, here's a good one. Of course, a lot of people will probably agree with this. So I had a girlfriend, and um, <laughs> already doubting yourself. I know. <laughs> you had a girlfriend, yes. So I had a girlfriend at one time. This happened, and I had a an ex girlfriend that I was friends with that I am not interested in 
it romantically at all, but I was doing creative projects with, and so once I started is that, doing is that, that, is that in, in quotations? No, that, that's projects? like actual real creative okay, projects. Okay, so it was strictly platonic. Yeah, it's strictly pl- platonic. <laughs> And like by this time, this ex girlfriend of mine has like HPV. It's like I'm not getting into that. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not she's, gonna. She's taking shots for it. Uh, I think she took the thingy, whatever the the thingy. Because I'm taking shots for it. There's a. I, I went probably to, the shots. Yeah, there's some I, I kind have of one more shot to get for HPV, which is weird. I didn't know men could get HPV. I didn't know that either. Actually. You know what? I, I think my doctor bullshitted me because I went in there and like, no, you, there's nothing wrong with you, but let's not waste uh, your visit. So here's an HPV shot. Thanks. Come back for, for three different stages of the shot. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> he just likes to poke people. We just don't want to waste my money. He's like, well, let's do uh, something. You pay your copay, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't you want a shot when you feel better? All right, so your girlfriend gets HPV. So Did you the, give it to her? No, the ex, no, it wasn't me. It was someone else. How does HPV even work? I don't know. Uh, that's a human. I'm stupid. I know it's a virus. Uh huh. And it's you contract it's, it from other yeah, people. Exactly. It's just okay. a sexually transmitted disease. Oh, so that, an STD. Okay. That apparently only really kind of affects women, but men can do th- can give it to women. Well, fuck. I, I'm taking shots for it. So I, I think that's so that you don't transmit it. I don't know if it does anything to ladies. Men. You hear that? I will not give you HPV. Right. So that's a plus. Put that in your resume. Yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> Put on my Tinder account. I got I got I, HPV shots. I got them shots. Tested or whatever. I'm good. I'm clean. <laughs> All right, so you're dating this chick. I'm dating this girl and at the same time I'm doing creative projects with my ex-girlfriend and holy shit, my current girlfriend goes fucking buck wild over that. Is it because you're not having sex? She's ang- no, she's angry that I'm even talking to an ex-girlfriend because in her mind, ex-girlfriends exit your life forever and you never talk to them. In mine, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So empathizing, I empathized with her. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, that sucks, blah, blah, blah. But then it – so it went from her being sad and vulnerable to her being angry, slamming the fucking door and being a bitch. At you? Because I wasn't willing to stop seeing her. See what I'm saying? So – That's hard. Yeah, it's rough. So that's one very recent example. But and it's, oh, is this the chick I met? Um, no, no, this is another one. That, the one outside Phil's? Uh-uh. No, no, not that one. This was a previous one from like a year or two, three. That incident was like three years ago. Okay. So after – and then there's been times before that where there was – I just got like the inkling that they wanted me to do something. Like it wasn't enough for me to go, oh, that sucks. Or like, uh-huh, I hear you. So I don't know. I think it's a – it's a superstition maybe that I've developed uh, that I need to do something. Who knows? Maybe it's a case-by-case case, uh, thing. That's true. <laughs> you just got to decide. Yeah. Do I want to do something about this? Plus, for me, I make them ask me. They have to ask me to change my behavior. I'm Dude, not going to offer. some women don't work like that. I know. <laughs> Come I, on. And you, I don't you work You have no them. idea how many girls I know, like friends or, or even my sisters, were like, no, I'm not going to tell them. He needs to figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you just tell him? That's what you want. Like, yeah, but he needs to show me that he actually listens to me. Or he needs to show that he cares for me. Therefore, he should know better. Yeah, the mind reading. The mind reading. I'm like, but do you understand that you'll make his life and your life and relationship better if you're just like, hey, this is what I want. Or, hey, I I didn't want that. Or, hey, fucking whatever. Instead of like, nope, I'm I'm not telling him. He should know. No, we're fucking stupid. Yeah, you need we to We are tell stupid. Us. I'm stupid. 
Yeah, I agree with you. But I will not give you HPV. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? HPV? I'm sorry. I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> I empathize with your anger that I'm not giving you HPV. Yeah, but, that's a big thing. But the thing is with that your ex, I don't know. I, I I don't think I had a situation where I was dating someone and they were seeing their ex. But I could. I would like to think I'm not that jealous, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah. Green-eyed monster comes in different ways. That's true. You never know until it happens. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. How would I feel about that? Because the history is there, right? Yeah. And then in your head, you're like, oh, they fucked. They must have fucked at one point. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, they did before, so they could again, right? <laughs> right. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's that inertia. Uh, inertia once, but, once it's in motion, it'll move again. I guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. So, anyhow, I'm with you. The new, my new thing is, I'm trying really hard, and I did poorly the other day at an open mic where this girl expressed her emotions, and I went into explaining away them instead of um so she was upset because she thought i was making fun of someone in the audience which open mic was this this was cafe for scotty was i there you had left i left because i went on last remember you left early it was Uh the time where me and zach were there and he was asking flaco to be ah so you you went on but then you went home early and it was just me and dave Mm-hmm. And Kyle mm-hmm. and Michael, the, mm-hmm. the the video guy, yeah. and like some girl, I don't know her name. And anyways, right when I went on, Michael spilled water all over his computer. <gasps> so I was like, Fuck. of course I'm gonna talk about that. I'm not. I wasn't making fun of him. I was just like, oh dude, yeah, keep the guy while he's down. Yeah, it was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was a funny situation. But I wasn't making fun of him. But holy cow, she was like on edge because she was scared I was going to like cut him down and then that kind of turned to anger and so she kind of heckled me and said you know, you need to practice more I was like well this kind of is the practice she got offended for more, she got offended somebody else she got offended for someone else preemptively and instead so what happened that's was that's an issue on itself yeah it, that is a separate issue but so what happened was I got upset because she was kind of impugning my reputation in front of four people <laughs> instead of saying yeah. oh it sounds like you're upset that sucks. I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. Instead, I tried to explain to her w- how what I'm doing was not. I argued with her. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't really. I don't want to do that like long term. I want to be like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, you're scared that I'm going to be mean. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, that must be upsetting. I went through a similar situation, but the opposite of okay. that. Meaning, I was. I went. I. I. I did. I said the caravan. I was dead tired. I just and honestly I wasn't happy with my material and it's the same material I try to work on for like a month or so it's like it's not getting anywhere why am I still doing this anyway I get on the caravan and somebody who I think was a great who is a great musician and who's a regular at the caravan and who's who generally I'm cool with heckled me yeah and I think he was drunk he sounded like he was drunk but this guy is always quiet always quiet so I found it weird that he was heckling me of course, it annoyed the other comics, the audience as well. But me, I I know this guy. I know this guy is 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 heckling me when usually he's usually qu- no matter how how bad comics get, this guy's quiet. So I, I, instead of like you know shutting him down, I asked him, "Hey, what's up? What's going on?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I I, I, I empathized. Good. You know, like tell me your day. You know, because this guy, the quiet guy who's heckling me, you know. 
is just such a juxtaposition in character that I figured, let's see what happened here. Yeah. And the other comics didn't like that. Atu is like, no, the, this ain't no no therapy count, session. Therapy session. <laughs> and so I got a bit of backlash for it. But at the end of the day, I I I, I really stopped my set to see what was up with him because I, I was honestly worried about him. Yeah. And so, and it got awkward, right? <laughs> it got awkward. So I did like one more s- joke and I, I bombed, of course. I bombed completely and I got off stage and I approached him and I was like, hey, you okay? You sure? He's like, yeah, I'm so sorry for heckling. And he looked like he was having a tough time. So, and I, I, I hugged him and it's like, I, I, I guess, you know, because usually in that moment, the, the thing to do is stomp the heckler out. Yeah argue with the heckler or making them look bad yeah but because i knew him i knew his character i knew it was out of character that i i didn't do it because i was like no something's up something's wrong here what is it yeah i think that's kind of the right do right thing to do as a person yeah but not the right thing for a comic you know? well <laughs> yes i think maybe in the normal way of hey how you doing i but i want to find a way I just get the inkling that this would be a good way for me to go crowd work wise to be able to do that. Talk to someone about their feelings, but in a funny way where it's not making fun That's of them. Hard. Yeah. Especially, I don't know especially how. you don't know what happened. Yeah, God, yeah. God knows what they're going to pull on. Yeah. You. It could be dark. My mom died. Yeah. Where do you go from there? <laughs> Comedy show over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that night I was like, you know what? It's not working out. I have to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to Rob Roy and his comedy club. Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> so, therefore, uh, I guess, here we are. I guess you'll see me more often now. Cool. Going back to basics. Yeah, I hear you, dude. I, I had a, a weird summer. What happened? Like comedy-wise, I had so many highs, okay, and so many lows. You know, comedy personally, and now that it's over with. Now that I perform at the improv, now that I've done, you know, showcases in SF and Santa Cruz and, and, and other places, I come back and it's like trying to start, start off with a new slate and it's just hard. And it's like, I feel like I overdid myself a bit. You stretched yourself too thin in summer? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I got my name more out there, mm-hmm. but now it's like I sacrificed um, good quality because of it. Does that make sense? Quality comedy or quality of life? Comedy, comedy. So do you think your comedy suffered because of the... Both. Where my, my, my material that I've worked on for a year I think has reached a good point mm-hmm. where I'm confident to do like a five, ten minute set. Okay. But now when I'm trying to do new stuff mm-hmm. it's not the same. It's just not the same. So your new stuff is not matching up with your with your old stuff and your new stuff don't match up. Yeah, so like in quality. Stuff. In quality. Uh, so so I figured you know that's why I need to go back to basics to go see what what is it about my stuff that had that spark. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it was around you and around the usual guys in San yeah, Jose State. I hear you. It's a magical place. You really don't get. It's very. I have heard of open mics where they'll, where they'll give you feedback. I've heard of them, but they don't tend to last. Well, I think what made our group different is that we hanged out. That's true. 
and it wasn't so much of a competitive thing. It wasn't so much. It was, it was basically trying to make each other laugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it really was. It wasn't about oh, who's better and who's on top. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> about competition. Or it wasn't even about like you know, oh, you know, help me get ready for this, or like, or you know, help me get better. Not even help me get better. It was just like just help me get funny, guys. How can I make you guys laugh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a cooperative. It's a cooperative environment, and I mean, I hear this over and over and over from comics, not just in regards to the the comedy club at San Jose State, but just in general. They don't like the idea of a cooperative, nurturing environment for comedy. They want it to be cutthroat and harsh. I, and I don't know. I, I think people strive why. in in that environment, sure. But I don't see why it has to be that way. Yeah. It doesn't have to. That's how it is. That's how it is, kind of at its basis, right? Not really here, though. LA, no. yes. I mean, it's here, but it's not as bad here. I'm sure. Actually, I'd say New York is the worst. The stories I've heard from people. Did you hear Frankie Marcos' story? On what? How he on, went to, on, when he went to New York? On my own podcast? Oh, did he tell that story? Um, I mean, I heard it at open mic. I didn't hear it on your oh. podcast. Yeah, he, Where he turned the lights off on him? No, he didn't tell me that. Yeah, he said he went to an open mic and he went on stage and they turned all the lights off on him. <laughs> like, what? Was he running the light? No. He was just new. He was just a new guy. And they decided, boop, we're going to fuck with this guy. Fucking assholes. We, no one, have you, I've never heard of that happening in LA or otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I've had some, you know, experiences, some encounters with people in my open mic travels in the West, mm-hmm. but nothing like that where they would turn the light, where, where everyone would collude to like haze someone. I'd say well, people people get tribal over this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people get like, oh, you know, I'm from territory. Yeah, to, you know, it's not that what we do is not that different from sports spectating. Really, I mean, you know, it's just like people who um, hold on, my headset. I guess it's more like there tennis. It's more like tennis than a team sport, though. You know, you're like a solo player. You know who made that analogy? Sabine Sadiq. She came on here and she made that analogy too, where mm-hmm. tennis is very similar to comedy. Well, what I'm implying though is that this tribal, um, uh, lack of a better word, click way of uh-huh. looking at yeah. a, a circle of, of comedians. Yeah. Where, you know, like for Scotty, for example, uh-huh. the group of comedians there. If you get a new guy from New York coming to Friscotti, it's like, all right, let's see what this guy's made out of. Who the fuck is this guy? I think there's a little of that, but I think on the outside, everyone would be totally nice to him. Oh, totally. They would totally kick ass, kiss ass. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but there's that sense of we have a stranger in our homeland. Yeah. You know? It's like uh, sports. Uh, sport fans. Mm-hmm. Traveling team. Yeah. Right, I mean, even even like for me as a Niner fan, when I meet someone from the Seahawks fan, I don't give a shit if this guy is the greatest guy in the world. If he's a Seahawk fan, I'll test him out. But <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> what, what are you about? I hear you. This guy could cure cancer, and I'll still give him a, a, a little shit. Well, I think you make a good point, and that's definitely how it is with sports uh, fandom. But there's also no benefit to being cooperative as fans because only one person can win the Super Bowl. There's going to be one, one winner. Per- it's one team. Yeah, that's made of, true. Made of several individuals. It, it is one team. Not one person, one team. 
one entity. How about that? Uh, uh, unless, unless you're Tom Brady, because Tom yeah, Brady, he won he, it. He won it exactly. Tom Brady's amazing. He basically took, the quarterback. He, 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 he took a shitty team and he dragged it to the fucking Super Bowl. Right. So he gets that. He, he may cheat it. He may cheat it. I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I get your point. But in comedy, there's not really a Super Bowl of comedy that we're all kind of shooting for where it needs is. to be doggy. What What would that be? What would be well, the Super Bowl well, of comedy? it used to be Letterman. Okay. Right? Yeah, but even Letterman, it's not. there's no one spot. There's a bunch of spots throughout the year. What I mean is I feel like a cooperative environment in comedy could be helpful. The more of us that are funny, the better it is for the community, really. Because what you ultimately want is people to come see comedy. And I don't know that it just has to be people seeing one comic. Because one comic, how much material can that guy or a girl have? Enough for an hour, maybe? Let's say two hours. Let's say that person can do two separate hours. That's only two shows a year. And then next year, people are probably not going to come see the same material they did last year. So to really create a comedy community where people are in the habit of going out to see comedy, you need to nurture a lot of comics. So I really don't see the point in the competition. It's really not about who's better or different. It's certain people, certain comics appeal to certain people in the world. And there's no right or wrong. There's no bad or good. I don't, I don't see the I see, I don't see the point in cutting people down in competition. I see, just don't. I get what you're coming from, but you know, when you're in a certain circle, and it's not just comedy. For me, it's everything. It's it's in filmmaking. If it's it's in writing, you seek approval and validation from this fellow group of people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think there's some of that. So what you're saying is like um, some of the competition is more a factor of. Like the fitting in aspect of like yes. this is what we do as comics. You're not doing it. A bit, yeah, a bit. It's All it's right. like um, because you're right. Comedy, you could do anything with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if, if if I was accused and proven somehow proven that I was a hack mm-hmm. and that the my fellow comics that I that would. I do open mics with or whatever or the shows did not like me. I don't know how to feel about that. I see. So there's an aspect of needing to be feeling like you need to be kind of accepted or liked by the other comics. And that could be me. You know, there's other people like, you know, fuck them. I'm doing this for myself. But for me, it's like, why be in a situation where you're not, I don't know. I'm weird like that though. Well, I think what you're saying well, makes sense. For the longest I time, that. I feel I'm not really well liked among my film peers. I mean, I think I'm very hard, difficult to work with, and I think um, on I just there's a sense. But I think again, I think this transcends with several creative uh, communities mm-hmm. where there's a bit of insecurity, yeah. a bit of envy, mm-hmm. a bit of um, it's yeah, that's rampant. Yeah. And I, but just because it's rampant, does it? Is that maybe the optimum way for it to be? I don't think so. I don't think it should be ignored either, though. Ignored. Well, it can't be ignored because it's a for example threat, forced to be reckoned the, with. The other day, I was I listened to a guy giving someone some advice when he came to writing. This is a screen writing. I don't know who the fuck this guy was, uh-huh. but I just met him. Apparently, he's a musician. I don't know. Okay. But for he, he he was telling them he's he's reading a lot of self help books, and he's trying to tell these people of of 
just trying to stay positive when you write trying you know to to always be easy on yourself when you write and that the sense of don't write out of competition don't be competitive when you write whether towards another writer or whatever I was, and he got offended because I was like, "Oh, sounds like you're preaching," for because he's pretty much is. He's like, "Oh, this book, this you know, waving on this book and about writing," but I disagree to a certain extent. Positivity is great, but the negativity infuse that in your writing. No, I Let competition be a, a positive driving force for you. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I think what you're saying is a balance is more likely. Some cooperate because really, okay, we're talking about the NFL, right? We're using that as a metaphor. Uh, they sure. all cooperate. They all have the same rules. They uh-huh. all they fly to each other's stadiums. They play each other. So there's a certain amount of cooperation in service of the competition. Because ultimately, I don't think like one team can go around, you know, breaking legs or like uh, blowing up stadiums to win. It's we. It's a thing where we allow the co- we cooperate so the competition is healthier. Well, the cool thing about the NFL as well is that they the worst teams get first pick of the best players right. at the end of the season. See, and that's a cooperative thing. Think about it. So there's if sense. it was truly competitive, the top team would win and win right. and win and win. And Unlike win. other sports, where it's the richest team that would get the first choice. Yeah. Um, and there it doesn't matter. But but again, but from a, on a creative level, it's like. People tend to look, especially the, the new age people, are like, oh, just be bliss and just, you know, f- soul search. I think that's great to a certain extent, but let a bit of, of of negativity in your life. Well, you just have to be honest, I feel like. And if you have negativity in your life, there's nothing wrong with expressing it. Exactly. Go for it. If there's yeah. a comedian there that I don't like, mm. um, which I don't, uh, for me, I think it's hard not to like somebody. And if I do not like you, you mu- I feel you must have really fucked up. <laughs> uh, but I see nothing wrong of being like, all right, I, I want to be successful. And I use him or her or whatever as that benchmark mm-hmm. of, 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 of going, getting better or success. Not saying they're the goal. I do everything to succeed more than them, but it's more like use them as a benchmark. Yeah, pace car type thing. Yeah. But also give credit where credit's due. If they do something better than you, yeah, say it, you know, or acknowledge it. I hear you. I feel like I'm just rambling. Does any of this make no, sense? No, I think no. We're we're actually tying this together, and we're making a lot of important points about comedy because the cooperative area of NFL makes it so that sport is entertainment and it's a business. If we had more cooperation as comics, I think probably we would have better scenes. We would have enter- more entertainment value for audiences and more money. Do you feel like there isn't cooperation? Because I feel there's a good amount of cooperation. I, no, I don't. I don't think there's a. There is some at 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 like the upper levels. Once you pass the shit test, where you can where you've proven yourself to be like a solo kind of lone shark, not lone shark, sorry, like a lone, lone wolf. yeah, a lone wolf type dude who can, well, that <laughs> works too. or lone shark. Once you can prove that you're the type that can operate solo and take a lot of abuse, then suddenly, then suddenly you're a part of like the, um, the click and then they cooperate. But the problem is when you're down here, there's no, bringing people up there's no cooperation at the lower level so do you feel like you're not being accepted by the film um, community here i mean film suck fuck but <laughs> sorry by the comedy community well i can just tell you this like for the most part whenever i go to an open mic 
and I love this and then I hate it at the same time. I am the butt of a lot of jokes. Like from the MCs. Do you sit in the front? Uh yeah. <laughs> I also watch. You know what I mean? I watch every comic and yeah. then I'm the butt of the joke. Okay. But here's the thing. Yeah. In a way, they're just making me more famous. But uh-huh. at the same time, it's like these people say the same jokes over and over about me. And it's like they're not funny anymore. They're just – now they're just insults. And so I, I wonder is this – I get it. Like this is an open mic. This is like what we do. But at the same time, like behind the scenes, they're also kind of dicks. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I get it. You don't like me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very special case. I don't know that like I qualify – as like your average comic because I'm so unique like visually my hair the way I dress well but, what do you mean by that like, I mean like I look like average comic uniqueness your average, yeah your average comic is very normal dude he wears jeans nor, like some tennis shoes that are uh, indecipherable from anyone else's he wears a t-shirt he's got like his hair combed to the side in a very sensible way. He doesn't have any really? tattoos. This he doesn't the, have any. This yeah. is the average comic. Your average, your average kind of male, white male comic. And to be honest, a lot of Hispanic guys are like that too. They're just they dress kind of normal, maybe even schlub, schlubby, schlumpy. So they're not like they're not like fashion is not a big part of their business. Their hair, they don't give a shit about their hair. They're just kind of average looking. They dress average, uh-huh. and even okay. some of even some of those guys don't get. They don't get support, and it's and this is the thing, and and this is just men. Let me tell you what I hear from most of the female comics that get into comedy. That's a whole different. Well, I I think it speaks. I think it speaks to the environment and how uncooperative and unsupportive it is. Most of of the women that I've heard that uh, drop out of comedy, it's because the people aren't supportive of them. They don't. People don't want them there, and they don't want to be where they're not wanted. So it's like, why are we doing that? Why are we cutting the, people down? On For the, what? On the flip side of that, though, you shouldn't expect support from other people either. That's true. Yes. You know, but it would be helpful if there was some. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't see the disadvantage to being supportive, especially at an open mic where it doesn't matter. It's all practice. You know, what I mean, that's not a show. An open mic is not a show. An open mic is a practice arena, basically. Doing a show, an actual show. That's what matters, where there's paying audience members. In my opinion, that's the only thing that really matters when it comes to comedy. Did people pay to come see you? Going to an open mic is just so haphazard and hit or miss. You never know if someone's going to go up there and recite something off their phone or if they're just going to kind of ramble. I had a guy come up once when I was hosting for Scotty and just read from a book. Pissed me the see, fuck off. That's not a show. It's not a it show when you read a book. Pissed me the fuck off. I was going to... Fuck. I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> You're banned. Pretty much. I just see it as like analogous to, or rather, I look at improv, like comedy improv. Yeah. Those people get together, and sometimes there's like, you know, up to 10, and they hang out with each other. They're supportive of each other, and they tr- and together they put on a show, and yet comics act like they're islands. Dude, we're- we're broken people. I know that is true. That is true. For a lot me, of people don't. The way the way you describe the average comic, the way I describe an average comic is some guy who's in probably in some service industry job, or at least some work like you know some blue collar. Sorry, I got burgers in my fucking. Nose. Go for it. Yeah, I go digging in there. Anyway, for me, the average comic is a broken guy who is like usually 
low income and usually uh you know in the shit right that's true there's no rich comics generally and, speaking and and they're just desperate to do anything with their life so therefore they're in an open mic hey I'm one of them too so I hear you for me that's the average comic it's not mm-hmm. so much about what they're wearing what they're wearing if they're wearing anything they're wearing like stuff they bought at a thrift store maybe I don't mm-hmm. know yeah yeah just your average stuff <laughs> but I guess I hear you what you're saying and yeah. those type of guys really stick with it and they'll over and over go to these open mics no matter what feedback they get because they love telling they love talking so much but I feel like there's some diversity oh. that we're lacking and obese obese I think yeah. the average comic is obese there's a, there's a lot of that <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Obese <laughs> or alcoholic. You have to yeah, be one or the they, other. Or both. They come they come <laughs> hand in hand usually. I just feel like there's some diversity we're missing because of the lack of support. Let me give you another example that's like not woman, not about women. There's this comic from San Francisco. I won't say his name, but I've met him and he's I don't know what kind of Asian he is, but he's Asian. His last name is not an Asian last name, so I can't tell. And I remember Asian he, without Asian last he went he and I were were cool. We were actually getting along because I used to go up to the city when I was living in Santa Cruz because there's not there wasn't much in Santa Cruz at that time. So uh, I saw him at a couple open mics like the Brainwash and the Comedy Cellar when it was around and some other one. Anyways, so we were cool. And then one day. I'm, we're at this open mic and the audience area is completely empty and I go, hey, I'll, I'll go sit down. I'll listen to this guy, right? I sit down. Immediately, some other white dude sits next to me and starts saying racist shit to this guy and I, I'm like, I don't do anything about it, I guess. And then immediately this Asian comic thinks I'm like cool with it because I'm sitting next to the white guy being racist, right? So that's the beginning of the story. Just recently, he posted on Facebook about how, like, dude, he can't hang anymore because there's so people are throwing so much racist stuff at him and Asians in particular that it's just not worth it to get abused all the time. You mean he's being heckled by racists? Yeah, he's getting racist heckling all okay. like frequently. Not only that, people get on stage and probably say racist shit. So I get it; it's about freedom of speech, but. I don't know. There's some balance that's that's off. For me, like I want to encourage diversity. I don't want it to be all white guys. Okay, okay? let now, me just be is, honest. Is, is that a comedy problem or is that a cultural problem? To be honest, it's it's a cultural problem uh with a small p, but it's a comedy problem with a big p because in comedy you can say whatever you want, you know what I mean? Like in comedy clubs, mm-hmm. racist comedy racism is rampant because it makes people laugh so it's especially big in comedy because it's kind of accepted for you to say racist shit so what I'm saying is I don't see the point of the free for all like cage match between everyone I just don't and I discourage people from talking about anyone except yourself any race except your own like you don't you don't know them you don't have the license and yeah, in a comedy club, people will laugh, but you're making enemies. So I don't see why you're. For me, I just want to limit. I just want to kind of like take the arms race down a little bit. If you've got some anger, that's cool. Deal with it. But I don't know that like projecting it on other races is the right way to do it. I don't know. I guess I'm just an advocate for like cooperation and like nurturing and support <laughs> instead yeah. of like. Because to be honest, dude, from the club, one of the some of the best 
moments I ever had was where you would do a set. For instance, with you, when you would do a set in the club, uh-huh. and then we would give you feedback, and then you'd be like, "Yeah, I like that." And even if it was a tiny little change, and then we would go to Frascati, and you would try it, and it would kill. It was like that's awesome, because who knows if you ever would have thought of that on your own, or if you had, I it would have taken never you years. Have thought about it. We're like apparently feedback is the quickest way for you to get better at anything. The problem in comedy is like. For instance, if you were not to solicit direct feedback from people, the only feedback you get is they laughed, they didn't laugh. And that's meaningless because you never know why they don't laugh. They couldn't, they might not have been paying attention. Mm. When you do, when you come to the comedy club, everyone's giving you their full attention. And all you hope is that they're objective enough to give you feedback that's helpful because it does go wrong. I remember one time, I'm just going to say her name, Darcy, she was getting upset. She was telling this guy that his joke about the military is offensive. Was I there? And she, I don't think I don't so. Remember and that. she went on and on and on and on and on about it. And really, what it came down to was she was offended because she's in the military and she's sensitive. So she wasn't in the military. Oh, her dad her, was. Yeah, her dad was exactly. Oh, okay. So, anyways, the point well, is, what's important factor to consider as well? Yeah, yeah. Not all feedback is like created. Equal. Well, not just feedback. It's it's about you know. I think. You got you to be considerate about the crowd, you know. Sometimes you just won't know. Sometimes you won't know that somebody in the crowd, you know. I've I've yet to deal with that, so I don't know. Oh, here we go. Then again, I don't have many of those jokes. Trigger word jokes. Yeah. But one that I got I got kicked off in San Jose uh, once. Homeless, apparently homeless is, is a trigger word. Yeah, that open mic happened like yesterday, and I, was, I thought of you when I saw their flyer. <sighs> I wonder if George is at the Yeah, never. No. Not, no. not going to that open mic. Anymore. But but yeah, feedback. Yeah, I totally agree. The, and but you know the thing is that we knew each other. Yeah. We trusted each other. Yeah. And we were on the same boat. Right. I think for comedians outside, it's a little harder cuz it's like, you know, who 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 do they trust and who That's who true. who do they care who who, who do they even care to even fucking like confide in or be yeah. honest with yeah I hear you that's true and usually when they do ask like hey what did you think it's like what do you tell them what you they want to hear or do you tell them the truth yeah sometimes they just want to hear great job yeah and and, and and I hesitate giving people advice I don't think I'm someone to ask for advice and people mm-hmm. ask me for advice and I was like hey dude I'm not even in it this much uh, as as other comics have been in in comedy, so and on top of that, my success is minute compared to the other people who have gone. But they're, they're, and, and at the same time, it's like when you give someone comedy advice, in some level, you're telling them what is funny to you. Yeah, basically. You know, you're telling that person to be more like you. So I don't know. I hesitate giving people advice. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. The yeah. only real advice I give them is, hey, just. Write what you know. Just make yeah. fun of what you know. Yeah, I think that's the core thing. Is is do 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 you know what you're even making fun of? Yeah. I think there is. There must be some ability for comics. For example, to, oh, sorry. Go no, go on. Darcy, uh, with her problem with the guy with the military. Maybe this guy just didn't know military. Like he didn't. I'm not saying that he shouldn't do it because just because he doesn't know the military, but maybe there's a factor there. It's like. If he was in the military, maybe he can he can make that joke better and, and in such a way that's not as 
offensive. I don't know. No, I think you make a point. Like it's it's good for comics to stick with what they know instead of whatever subject pops in their mind. And something I think a lot of comics forget is that yeah, in the open mics you can say whatever you want, and yeah, in certain comedy clubs you can say whatever you want. Yeah, I'm listening. But it's important that they consider when you're doing a stand-up routine, it's actually a conversation. It's not a monologue. You can't. You're not going to be able to sit there, say whatever you want, and people accept everything. They're going to have emotions about things that you say. So you have to consider that this is, this is not you saying whatever you want. Show this is, this is not in a vacuum. This is like part of a cultural conversation. And if people don't want to hear what you're saying, or if they disagree with it. They're not going to want to listen to you long term. Does that make sense? If you're just inflammatory and I don't know, unless you're Jesselnick, who's like very pretty and also hilarious, I don't know if you're going to be able to be just like constantly offensive. But again, do what you want to do. You know, ultimately, comedy comes down to doing what you want to do. But I just get this inkling that there's some people that like feedback and they like community and they. They want to kind of talk about feedback. Do you hear that of, feedback? I do hear some feedback. To be honest, dude, it started when you plugged that in. Um, I think it might be your fridge humming, making a hum. No, it was. No, it's my charger. Yeah. So it's in the electricity, and it could be that your fridge. No, it's not the fridge. All right. I think we should be good. We're back. Yeah. We're back. And we were recording? Yes. Cool. All right. Where do we leave off? So I think we were just talking about cooperation. Am I low? I feel like I'm low. A bit. I, I lowered you a bit. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess we were just talking about the benefits of cooperation versus um, what it is now. It's like pure competition. I just feel like there's a balance. And maybe that's where like comedy stand-up classes would come in. But that's never really thrived here. It's happened. There has been comedy classes. Actually, a lot of stand-up comedians here have taken comedy colleges college really more than I thought there would be oh interesting yeah a good amount of them have gone through a, a comedy college process where San Francisco or there was one here at the improv in San Jose a couple years ago I guess yeah there used to be so yeah. but I, I, essentially it is what what, what we did basically uh, it's yeah. what we're doing we're doing a free version <laughs> yeah we're doing you know the thing is <laughs> we're doing the basic package. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the introductory. The free, yeah. If, well, I feel like if people paid, they'd show up more too. Because now it's like they show up when they want. But consider that at the end of the day, it's just you up on stage, right? So as much as we try to make a team effort, ultimately, it's, I think there's a, a good amount of responsibility to the performer. Yeah, no, you're right. There's ultimately the buck stops with you, the comics. So no matter how supportive we are, we can't go up there and hold your hand. Exactly. But we can have a group that kind of supports them in doing that. You know, just like we do. I don't know if you've noticed, but whenever we have a new comic, they want to go on stage, but they're not ready. We just have them go up there to say their name. We give them easy baby steps. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say we've launched a couple comics. Let's see, me... You and Zach, for sure, pop in my mind. Paul. Paul used to do some stuff on his own, but he really flourished after the comedy club. Um, Ryan, I wish Ryan didn't quit, man. That guy was so good. Yeah, I know. I don't think he... I, he, I don't think... Ryan Sudakran, I don't think he realizes... 
how much of of a perspective he carries. Yeah. And how entertaining it is to watch. Yeah. Just to hear him out. Right. Like I think he's funnier than most of the comics out here. Yeah. And he's just like you know, I I, I gotta earn money, Jorge. <laughs> so I gotta go finish my degree. Yeah. Fair enough. It's like all right, fine. Hopefully he'll be a funny math professor. Mm, I'm sure he'll be. He will be. Tons of dick jokes. Tons of porn jokes. But he he he, he does them so intellectually though. It's like. I know. I hear you. It's like wow. The brains on that guy. Or Matt Regan. He didn't do... He, Matt Regan! He he doesn't even go to the club anymore. Now he just goes and does open mic. I got Matt, him at an open mic. He's he's busy with theater. That's true. I haven't really seen him around the, the open mic circuit. But he is out more. I don't know that he went out to open mics before the club. I don't know. So it was... um, I don't know. It seems like it's serving a purpose, but I can tell you it's like... Without me, there would be no club. I know that for sure, because no one really... <laughs> You know, no one stepped up to be president. I'm only president by default. Do you, do you take some credit for my comedy uh, successes? I I take pride yeah. in what you have accomplished. I know that ultimately I'm not responsible for it, but I I like the idea that I had like you contributed. I was it. one of the steps. Yeah. My back was one of the ones that you climbed on, or whatever. Yeah, I I like it when I see people doing things. I'm like, okay, I helped them. I. I kind of and what's funny is like the Bay Area is like the helping capital of the world. What? Let's help the world. You know what I'm talking? It's like, oh. oh, we need to help starving Africans. We need to help um the homeless. We need to help the whales. And yet when it comes to comedy, it's like, nope, we don't help comics. Though it's almost like the people who are comics are the anti and obviously there's some of that. They're like counterculture. I feel it, I feel like you got some resentment towards the, the comedians here. You think? What happened? I don't know. I felt like L.A. was more supportive now. Looking back on what it, what the fuck happened? It's I peep there. I don't know. It's like fifty percent of the people like me. Fifty percent of them don't. How can they not like you, dude? They're just dicks. Oh. Yeah, and I don't know what to say. You know, another part of it for me is, a, and this is an issue I have, when people are comics but they're not funny, and it's like, what are you doing? Why are you on stage? You know, why are you doing this? <laughs> So you, you resent I, them for wasting your time. Some, I have some resentment for people who are wasting my time. And also, <sighs> I don't like that some of those people get shows, too. It's like, uh the bringer system is so, okay. so broken. I don't I'm like, really? This is this is the best we can do, a bringer show, where someone gets a slot just because they can bring 10 people? I'd rather do something else than that. I'm sorry. Okay. So yeah, part of it's me. I'm sure it's not just. I'm sure it's not everyone else. It's, it's me also. No, but it hasn't quite like clicked perfectly. Um, I don't feel the love at the open mics. It's like, eh, why am I doing this? Ultimately, I don't like. I don't have a problem getting on stage. I can do that, and I do see the benefit to open mics. But I, for me. At this stage, I don't see the benefit in going every week, every day. So you're you're more on an intimate level. What do you mean? Well, it's more like you know, a couple guys. No, it's not the amount of people. It's the do they give a shit that I'm on stage? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, no, I'm not even talking about that anymore. I'm talking about like the the, the club, for example. Uh huh. These days, how is it? Yeah. Yeah, these days. Well, to be honest, we just had some. Confusion as to when we should meet because just, I was trying really hard. Bullshit, dude, come on. 
I was well. That what else would you call it? Controversy. I was trying really hard to like attend FPS, attend the Film Production Society, because I'm into filmmaking. For those who don't know what that is, it is the San Jose State Film Society. It's a place where kind of you can network with people to make films happen, and you kind of keep abreast of what people are doing. So I was trying really hard this semester to, to be honest, I was avoiding it for the past two years because there were some annoying people in there, but they're gone now. So I now... Uh, there's I, still some. <laughs> well, not the ones that I have a problem with. So I wanted to kind of... I, Tuesdays is when that club meets at 7, and we used to meet at Tuesdays at 6. I thought, why, why should we have it on the same day? Let's try to move it to Wednesday. But then some people didn't like it, so I tried to I'm trying to accommodate people oddly enough the two people that complained don't even show up anymore so it's this is being a leader this is what it's like you know <laughs> I'm being a leader that's what happens what, what do I know I don't know shit when you run a leader a, when you run well that's because you say you're not a leader that's not the same thing you are a leader you just didn't want to be one <laughs> a leader when uh, you run an open not mic, my choice when you're an MC at an open mic you're the leader de facto so you have to make some decisions I know you don't like it but people look up to you for for you to solve certain problems so I was trying hard to solve problems and because of not knowing when the club met, I didn't put up posters like I usually do every semester. I just like plaster the school like on a Friday. I just like boom, put a poster everywhere. And last semester was awesome. It was like 12 people just about every meeting. But now it's like down to four because I haven't been able to go out and hype it. But there's been some new people. It's all fun. Yeah, I went there a couple of weeks ago. It's exciting to see new blood. Yeah, I love that. And some of the people come. It's funny. You get new people, and then they're, like, real diligent. They come every week. It's just, at first I used to get disappointed when there wasn't a lot of people. But now I really don't care. It's like, whatever, three or four people. But we're all here to practice. We don't need a ton of people. We can, If we want that, we can go try to get that. But I think the open... It's kind of like a delicate open mic. That's all we're running. We're running a private open mic where you can, where no one's going to shit on you. In front of your face. Yeah, exactly. Maybe <laughs> maybe behind your back, but but we won't do it to your face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you're currently working on something. Yeah, I've got a script I'm working on that I. Yeah, I see you and Zach around campus. Well, with, that thing's with the camera. Done. His his short is done. It was a CMF short. Oh. Yeah, me cool. and Zach Pierce. Uh, well, me, Zach Pierce, and um, a couple other guys got together, and and Drew Poltz in it. Uh, cool, he, he's he's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's so funny? Remember, was it last year? CMF invited us to perform. Yeah, and I performed. Darcy performed. Great, great experience for me. First time performing from like five hundred people. I know, right? That was fun. Cut back or cut forward to like couple months ago three months I want to say three to four months about three months a couple recognized me like oh we saw you at the CMF show we thought you were really funny awesome and I thought they were shitting I thought what like you actually remembered you remember like a year ago of that show you made an impact dude which was funny because on that day on CMF I went outside to chill towards the end and someone I knew and his friend, who wasn't even a San Jose State student, right in front of me, they're like, yeah, it was a good show. 
Yeah, but those comedians in the in the beginning, oh, they were just awful. <laughs> and and my um, the guy that knew me was like, oh, he, one of them is right here right now. He pointed at me, and the guy got like all shocked, like uh, uh, he freaked out, like he just quiet because he knew that I, I you know <laughs> I caught him at his you know right handed. Uh, and I played it cool. It's like, oh, all right, man. Yeah, I don't know if those people are necessarily comedy fans, filmmakers. But, no, not usually. Uh, but, um, but I don't know, it felt, it felt fucking good that someone recognized me from that show. Yeah, dude. Like cool. a year a year later. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. And let me just say this, like, in regards to, like, comedians, I seem to get along better with musicians. Like, they just seem more... One, they'll pay attention when I'm doing my sets. I think this is a constant theme I have on this podcast. But to a certain extent, musicians are more inclined to be supportive or express support. Mm-hmm. Not saying comedians don't support each other. Yeah. But the way express it, it's just a little different. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it? I don't know. Yeah, that rings true. For example, this podcast majority of my guests are comedians. Okay. But when I get musicians on, or when I get somebody else who's not a comedian, I get more feedback from them. I don't get feedback from comics that much. Once in a while I do. And usually it's good stuff. But I know they listen. The numbers show it, that, and, and sometimes I could tell it's them by advice. Uh, if they have a SoundCloud account, it tells me who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not saying they're not supportive or anything like that. I just like it's, it's just a little different, and it could be because podcasting has become a saturated uh, uh, media among comics. Like you know, so many comedians have podcasts. Like before I started podcasting, I didn't know so many comedians have are, are doing podcasts. Yeah. And the other day, a comic told me he's like, "Yeah, I hate it. Everybody's doing it." And I was like, "Well, you know, I see where he's coming from, though." Everybody's doing a podcast, apparently, who's a comic. And I guess to some people, it's like, eh. But musicians, yeah, for the most part, they they support me. Me and my shitty music, they're the first ones to be like, hey, great job. Try this next time, but great job. Yeah, I think it's because the nature of music is collaborative. Like, you need a band. probably, yeah. That could be it. And then beyond your band... Someone in your band might be in another band. See what I'm saying? Like it's it's like naturally collaborative, but comics I think only think in terms of them doing their set. They don't think in terms of a show. I think everyone thinks in terms of a show where I'll be a headliner. They don't think in terms of a show like oh we'll have a bunch of us. I don't know. There's just not a sense of. um, It also depends where they're at, you know, and and comedy. You know, it's like I don't know. It's like some comedians are just. I've been doing it for so long. I just, for you, you're just a different face. Same shit, different face. Yeah. Some comedians are like, I don't know. All I'm saying is, is I don't think we should blanket all comedians as not being supportive. I think. Yeah, it's not true. They are. It's not all. Just, they express it differently. It's, it's kind of like, that's the, um, overriding or that, that seems to be the culture. It's a machismo thing too. You know what I'm saying? I mentioned it before. It's like Latinos. It's like, if I like your shit, I won't be like, oh, hey, man, you're cool. It's more like, oh, dude, my grandma could do better. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, he'll jib on you. And if if they're jibbing on you, it's a good sign, usually. 
Yeah, there's kind of like the man culture of exactly. um, ridiculing each other. They they don't tend to be like, "Hey, bro, nice set. Let me give give you give me a hug." <laughs> I'm that guy probably. Well, it's it's or just like, "Hey, man, good job." Yeah. And then sometimes some of them don't take compliments well either. They're like, oh, I don't. I I as sure <laughs> as fuck don't. If I if I if I did a shitty set and I feel like I did a fitty sh- a, fi- uh, a shitty set, and you tell me good job, go fuck yourself. Don't you lie to me. Huh? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Don't lie. Exactly. <laughs> but that just tells you who I do. I'm getting crankier though. I'm getting older. I'm getting crankier. Yeah. Before I was good about it. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you. Now I <laughs> I'm abrasive. <laughs> Don't fucking tell me that. <laughs> like fuck, where's this coming from? Why am I getting cranky? Yeah. I got in trouble at work. Oh, it was awful. Oh no. Yeah. I fucked it up. What happened was, uh, I I don't want to disclose what I'm do what I do yet. Um, but let's just say I was transporting somebody. Okay. And uh, she said three blocks away, and I tell her, oh, "Are you on the left, on the right of the intersection?" And she goes, "Uh, on the left." So okay. So she had three blocks to c- correct herself because she was on the right, but she's left. So I get there to the intersection. I'm turning left, and mid-turning, she goes, "Oh, it's actually on the right." And I just I swerve to the right, and I and, and I went, and I was just so pissed. Like I was like, "How come she didn't fucking you know?" I had a long day. I had caffeine in me. I usually don't have caffeine in me. <laughs> so I pull over to drop her off. I put up and I, and I go, "All right, next time." Put up your hands like this, and it's like, and I'm putting them up as if you know, you're about to catch something, right? Like a football. Where you, you got palms outwards. And if you look at your hands, and if you see one that creates an L, that's left. <laughs> you I, actually said this to her? Yeah. Oh. Uh, with my hands too. I put up my hands. Like I do this next time. Put up your hands like this, and if you see an L on your that that is your left side. Nope. She called in, got a complaint, and really. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, I got so cranky. I was like, Why did I get so cranky? What's wrong with me? Why am I changing? I'm being such an asshole. I'm old. <laughs> That's that could be it. I'm getting old. I hear you. All right, Rob, we hit that one hour mark. Awesome. We did it. I'm glad you came by. Who's calling? Is someone calling me? What do they want? Are they uh, selling something? Yeah. Okay. Probably take it. All right. Um, Bye. Someone's calling. Yeah. Um, Rob, thank you for coming. Sorry yes, about that. It was a pleasure. I had to take a call. I was a telemarketer, and she hung up on me, which is weird. Yeah, that'll drop your self esteem a little bit. Huh? Yeah, it's pretty bad when you <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Rob, always a pleasure having you here. Yeah, man. Let's do it again another year, right? Is that once a year? Has it been a year? I don't know. No, I don't probably think not. So. It's probably no. been 30. You doing one a week? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been like 30 weeks, 31 weeks. No, 25, whatever. About 30 weeks. Every half a year, maybe. We'll say half a year. Every half a year. I'd then. All right. See you later. Cool.